Welcome, everyone, to the OG Pod. Today, I have my friend from comedy, Chris Tan, for the Thank second for time yeah. on the podcast. Repeat Big upgrade since, uh, what, five months ago, I think? Yeah, when did we record? Was it... I think it was in the summer, August? maybe July or something, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a minute, but we got a new setup. We got 4K. Uh, this will come out in 1080p, and mm-hmm. I've just been having fun, you know, experimenting with the podcast. What have, what's yeah. been keeping you busy for the last couple months? I've been, um, I just got back from New York doing some shows out there. That was a lot of fun. You said you were going to move out there, actually. Right uh, I thought about it. I, I Maybe I'll postpone that for like a year or two, but um, yeah, I'm still trying to navigate and then find out what I want to do, but um, New York, definitely at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I would say in the near future, like two-ish years. I think uh, I was planning to move to Salt Lake, and you were planning to move to New York, and now we're both staying in Austin. Yeah. (laughs) Shit, yeah. New York would be such a cool city to live in, especially for, like, the summer. No, you don't want to be in there in the summer. Really? It's so humid. Oh, is it? so humid. You sweat more during a New York summer than a Texas summer. Austin is really humid. Go go to the East Coast. You're going to feel it. Uh, what's the best season? The winter seems like it'd be brutal. Fall, fall, fall usually around this time. When I was there, it was like getting cold, but like a dry cold. It wasn't that bad. It was like 60 degrees. This is what they want to hear on the podcast. What's the weather yeah, like what's in the another like? city? What are some of the cool <laughs> clubs out there that you've uh, been to? The only ones I've heard of are like, you know, like Seinfeld came up at Catch a Rising Star oh, and oh, obviously um, the cellar always mm-hmm. is going to have great comics there. Yeah. I, speaking of the comedy cellar and great comics, I saw Dave Attell there and oh, yeah. I just came out of like a restaurant. I didn't try to like fan over him. I just like turned and then he happened to be there and then he just smiled at me. Nice. It was like so warm. It's the closest I'll ever get to a smile from <laughs> Santa Claus. He could sense you were a comic. Oh, yeah, he probably he could, could feel it. Probably could. Do you feel like you can kind of tell when somebody's like on the comic spectrum? <laughs> Is there a comic uh, spectrum? I love how you just said spectrum. Yeah. Um, I think so. But I feel like for me personally, it's harder to tell with me because I'm Asian. Like people don't associate those two together. Yeah. But I guess at a comedy club or at a mic, you can tell like pretty instantly. Are you saying Asians can't be funny? <laughs> no, I'm saying they don't like public speaking. Oh, okay. There's there's uh been some Asian hate like I guess that all died down. What was that like a year ago? Maybe. Uh, it comes in waves. It comes in waves. Yeah. Right now was, we're hating the Jews. Yeah. Yeah. The blames sponsored off by us. Kanye. Yeah. Although he's back on Twitter, I don't know if you saw Elon Musk like unbanned him or whatever. Uh-huh. And his yeah. first tweet was Shalom. <laughs> I'm just like, this world is a simulation. We're in a VR. This is a VR experiment. It has to be. Yeah, like we have the world's richest man just like buying companies. What'd you think of that? Um (laughs) Do you use Twitter at all or No, I don't. I don't. I know that you can post like dick pics on there now. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you've always been able to post dick pics, but you couldn't yeah, you know, dead name somebody, but you could post a dick pic so they had they had crazy rules name my seventh grade teacher uh, science teacher well let's hear it what's his name you remember it oh it's a miss miss mccain bitch miss mccain bitch who was mine i can't remember any early teachers oh mr mr art vidro mr vidro was my art teacher vidro yeah i remember him cruel italian i think i was in fifth grade oh yeah 
Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's like yeah. teachers probably spend so much time and effort and then they're just forgotten about. But sometimes they influence you. You know, sometimes they stick with you. You ever have a teacher like you hate so much that you hate the subject by association? Uh, I hated art for about eight years. I think I did actually history. Yeah. Yeah. Cause oh, I remember sucks already. Yeah. Well, terrible. because they would always be like, what date did this happen? It's like, who gives a shit what date? it was in the past. <laughs> like, just yeah. give me the lesson. And I want the story. Like that's what we yeah. think that's interesting or whatever. But so, so you don't, what's your social media strategy? This is something I've been thinking a lot about uh, lately in strategy. terms of con- comedy. Um, I tried to hitch on the, the Asian wave. There you go. <laughs> it helped a little bit for like four months. Um, but right now, just try to get as funny as possible and then like have the balls to muster up the courage to edit a bunch of clips. Yes. I'm just so lazy technically. Like I, I can make a clip, but it takes like four hours and I'm like really particular about it. I feel like most people are. I am. And as so well. it just crushes your ego. Yeah, dude, editing is no fun, but in a way, there's no way to even hire somebody to do it. I feel like you have to pay them like 50, 70 grand a year mm-hmm. or nothing. Like they either have to be like really good and really worth it or you have to do it yourself. Otherwise, I've tried hiring editors for like 20 bucks an hour and I just can do like it it's just be dog shit. Yeah, it doesn't even get any views. It doesn't get engagement. There's no reason to do it like. The stuff I make is better than I can Plus hire. You care for. about it the most too. So yep. like you'll go like an extra hour and a half just to like make one small detail. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think social media is like hand in hand with comedy. Obviously it always has been, yes. but like now it just, I don't know. I kind of like see it as it's a reverse thing. Like a lot of people start doing standups when they want to get into comedy, but I'm almost like you should almost start building out your social media and then get into comedy yeah because um i think it's a respect thing too yes people see that you have like two thousand followers and you're like a year into comedy they're like oh this guy was somebody right right yeah it's kind of a game that you have to play it's kind of like a given like i think a lot of comics have instagram because they're comics and that's how you get things done that's the only reason i have social media is to get stage time although now that i'm doing youtube um I have really yeah. enjoyed it yeah. and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. You know, Mr. B said on Twitter the other day, I saw him replying to Elon Musk that some creators real CPM cost per mile, basically how much they can uh, monetize their views mm-hmm. is like above 20. And these guys are making million view videos all the time. Mm-hmm. So like imagine, you know who uh, Philip DeFranco is? No. He's no like a YouTuber. He's a YouTuber, but he has like a new show that I'm kind of like modeling after a little bit with my hot take show. Mm-hmm. And he pulls in, I think he does maybe three to five videos a week. Each one of them is like 700K, a million and a half, like a million. That's 20 grand. Yeah. So that guy is like making like 100 grand a week. I mean, not if he was at the if he was at the high end of the R CPM. Mm-hmm. Let's or say conservatively like 80 grand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but dude. even that, like, is he going to stop doing that or is he just going to keep building on that for the next 10 years? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's going to keep building on it for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. So if he does that, is he going to be making like a quarter million a week? Like, where does it? Speaking of Mr. Beast, he said within the next like two or three years, you should get your first YouTube billionaire. Yes. Did yeah. I say that? I agree with that. Um, I, I think he said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. agree with that. Totally. I mean... So the thing that makes YouTube so interesting to me 
is it's the only content platform that does revenue sharing as a percentage. So all the others do like a fixed pool. Whoa. Yeah. So you get like 10 million bucks and that's distributed across the creators. That's not how YouTube does it. They give 55% of the ad revenue to the creator. That's the majority. Really cool. It's like symbolic. It's like symbolic. The majority of the money that YouTube makes goes to the person who created the content. Hmm. It's um, it's very cool that it's still like very corporate too, and they still yeah. give that much power to the YouTubers. Like, well, who who owns it? Facebook or Google? Google. Yeah. Google. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with YouTube right now. The company, the product, where it's going, how mm -hmm. it got here. Um, I would love to see more of their stats on like daily active users and cause they have like 2 billion people on the platform. Yeah. Well, that's like almost, what is that? Is that one in four? How many do we even have? One 8 billion? Four. Yeah. Like that's four. crazy. I think we just hit like 8 billion. Okay. Well then that's seven, everyone yeah. on the internet because like three yeah. of them don't even have the internet. <laughs> 3 billion. No, it's in Africa, man. I, and like the yeah. little boonies, they don't have it. But a lot of African places, like people in Kenya have like iPhone, like fives. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty it, good. It is pretty. It is pretty good. Especially if you make content because, you know. <laughs> There's <laughs> one guy. Uh, Shane Gill saw this post him on like his Instagram. I think it's like some, maybe like Tibetan or Burmese man. Who's like he looks a little bit janky. He's like in the woods and he's just like he has like three teeth and he just like does cameos for people and the on like a nice iPhone and he's just raking in the bucks. What what's his views? Uh like like four million. Four million? Yeah. So he's getting a hundred grand a video. Um I don't know if he does YouTube, but he does like Instagram. Okay. So I don't know if he's able to monetize that, but like yeah. he's just you just you just give a camera and internet service to like somebody in like a developing country and they can do some cool shit. They can do some cool shit, but it's just so cool because everything seems to be converging in the favor of content creators and especially stand-up comedians. <laughs> like, I really it does not feel like it's converging for me, so I'm really? glad you feel that. Okay, yeah. well, I see it converging in the next couple of years, so like mm -hmm. the converging is happening now. But the convergence I see is you have stand-up, which has like never been more popular, never been more people doing it, and that is that tailwind is going to create a lot more venues and opportunities and mics eventually mm -hmm. and that natural entertainment platform is like so good to bridge to content creation like i really think every single clip of you doing stand-up like people don't want to burn a joke you're not going to burn it like nobody's going to remember it mm -hmm. you know throw all that stuff out and get your following going get your audience going yeah. as somebody who's like three years in barely um who gives a shit about not posting like a joke that you wrote? Like fuck. exactly, exactly, right? Nobody's yeah. In a year, you probably won't be telling it. Hundred percent, yeah. And then you get the credit for that joke, and in terms of like a long term benefit to your um, channel, it's mm -hmm. compound interest. It's one of the seven wonders wonders of the world. Is compound interest. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've always been a big fan of like investing in compound interest and all those things. Mm -hmm. And YouTube is like very much up that alley if i gave you like 10 million dollars just to play with what would you do well somebody already did that and i nuked it in the stock market by over leveraging <laughs> on derivatives that i didn't understand but uh if I, that was to happen again i would just buy high yield dividend funds and use mm -hmm. that money to reinvest into crypto and 
-hmm. Basically, mm -hmm. if I had, I don't know, five million bucks in cash right now, I'd buy JEPI. J-E-P-I is JP Morgan's high income dividend yield. Okay. And it gets eight to 12%, which is absurd. And it also has all this downside production because they sell, they sell covered calls basically constantly. So you're never going to get much upside, but you'll never lose your money. And from that, you'll basically get eight to twelve percent. You said treasury. These bonds? are the hard lessons life has taught me. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, you're doing all right. Even though I'll be fine. I'll be yeah, fine. You're fine. Yeah, I don't need money. But what uh, I do enjoy is uh, investing is in a is like a hobby or whatever. Because mm -hmm. then you can almost make like a life of your own through the hobby, and then it becomes like almost autonomous after a while well i mean i was always just in tech so my background is uh computer science and product and program management in tech companies i founded a startup in 2013 we raised a quarter million from base vc mm -hmm. it was the first social network for cryptocurrency and oh. and traditional investors okay. i was early bitcoin early snap early mm -hmm. tesla all these different uh, things. And so I think what I see coming on the horizon is like anytime something's gonna get really popular, popular, I go into it. Mm -hmm. The thing that nuked me recently was I had no idea how much the Federal Reserve set the entire tone of investing. Like the Federal Reserve you mean like is the market maker. Climbing up? Well, they're either doing one of two things. They're either <clears throat> adding money to the system, in which case it's risk on and let's fucking go. Mm -hmm. Or they're taking money out of the system, in which case it's you better be safe and like really take your money out of the market, basically. Yeah. And, and just put it into like, you know, uh, S&P 500 or whatever. Or Jeppy's, the JP Morgan high yield dividend fund. Right. And so I didn't know any of that. And so during this downturn, I got nuked during the invasion of Ukraine because my margin requirements went, uh, they, they 10x overnight, uh -huh. like in one day. And I, anyway, it's a sad story. Wow, okay. It, and so these are all, these are all. I the, love how the, you're like, my life just ended during the Ukraine. It, it basically crisis. did. I mean, I might as well have gotten nuked like personally God, during, man. during that because I was, I just, this is like, I have a case against Robin Hood or a thing against Robin Hood right now mm -hmm. because I'm like, they give you zero tools to help you understand your risk and your exposure. <laughs> In fact, almost mm -hmm. everything they do is encouraging you to add risk. They never encourage you to take risk off the table. Mm -hmm. And they actually make it opaque how much risk you even have. I don't think any of that is intentional, but their branding oh, it has is. to be intentional. Are you kidding me? They're, they're, the whole model is just to be like, uh, I guess, like a trading platform for the average Joe. Yeah, but so like that's how they advertise themselves is like you don't have to have some crazy sophisticated knowledge. If you just have an idea of like what companies are going to be successful in the future, you can be successful here. Mm -hmm. But then they give guns to toddlers, not even guns. They give nukes <laughs> to toddlers and they don't even tell them that they're nukes. And so I think I got a little case against them, but yeah, I'm not okay. too, I'm not too focused on that. Mostly I just want to get really good at comedy, really good at YouTube, really good at podcasting. Okay, good. You, you completely turn around. You're like, I want to be super rich. And then you're like, let's just do comedy. Yeah. Forget about that. Forget about yeah. the money. Yeah. 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 Well, the, cause all that is like a natural product of being successful in other ways. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just focusing on how to make money, you're never going to make money. If you're focused on how to be a really good professional in your field, you're just naturally going to make a tremendous amount of money in my yeah. experience or my feeling. Oh, man, I was on the pursuit of uh, the 
the American dream, just making a shit ton of money, and that that will fuck you up. Pretty yeah, bad. you were in finance or something. I before? was in finance yeah. for like a, a good year. Yeah, <laughs> that fucked yeah. me up. And then just like, a therapist talked to you to yeah, do comedy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, and now you you're three years in, and so what are your comedic goals? My like, comedic goals, just yeah, to get super funny, then um. Comedy Central, Tonight Show, just a couple oh, things shit. under the belt, and then just <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> those would be pretty epic. Uh yeah, this is something to to, to look forward to. To strive for, yeah, yeah, because you got a lot of downtime in comedy, like just waiting around for a show or like an open mic. You, you think a lot when you have to wait four hours to go up. Yes, so you don't want to waste that time. Yeah, so how do you think that can be avoided? Wasting that time. You're, um, are you, do you use it to write or? Right, shoot the shit with the right people. Um, just like it feels like cramming, but like you get in that right mindset when you're just waiting around to go up, and so your head's like going like maybe like a hundred miles an hour, so it's easier to write stuff. That's true. You do get amped up, mm-hmm. um, but it is such uh such a hard thing. I feel like here's my luck. If I sign up for a bucket mic and I wait the entire mic all night, there's no chance I'll get pulled. Zero chance. Mm-hmm. But if I sign up for that bucket mic, and then I leave, I'll be called the next person. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works for me. So sign up, leave, and then come and then back. Come back. Yes. That, that's how you do it. Pretend to leave. Boom. Okay, yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. But I don't know how much like those... Do you think performing in front of other comics is like necessary, or do you think you have to perform in front of people? <laughs> It's a mix. Um, yeah. That's why I kind of like New Ooh. York. Yeah. Because like starting out over there, like starting out like since day one, you just like perform exclusively in front of comics. So yeah. you build up like this thick skin and then you learn how to riff. Like comics don't like to think you're telling them a joke. It has to feel natural. And that aligns with like real audience members too. Like they like to hear a joke, but like shit, if a joke sounds like it's like casual, like they're mm-hmm. like, wow, that's like magic. Better. Right. So I, I think it's good to like perform in front of comics, like honestly, like 60% of the time because you build a strong muscle. And I like what you said uh, last time. You got to be a whore about it. You got to be a whore about it. Perform in front of two people. <laughs> like, I had a yeah. shift in perspective since then. My dad Have you? Okay. Like, my dad, it's like still healthy in my head. And I'm like, yeah, just get up. But like my dad was like, if you want to do bigger shows, you can't do the small shit because then people look at you different. That's you gotta true you gotta do a you gotta go quality over quantity sometimes. And I'm like, this is fucking true. Sometimes if you are like hanging out uh, at sometimes, <laughs> yeah, like it, people's perceptions of you matter a lot. And you're anyway. There's something to, there's something to that. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not sure exactly what to do about that because like, let's say you're a, let's say you're doing really high in one domain, but you want to enter a new domain. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how high you were in that other domain in the new domain. You're just a beginner. Right. So like, you know, if somebody, uh, if Elon Musk wanted to start stand up, obviously he would have no problem. He'd do all right. He could sell out theaters for like a month. He could because people would want, uh, they want to, to do him favors, to basically. Say. They'd want yeah. to do him favors so that they get in his good graces. But it's more like, uh, I don't know, if like some <laughs> random guy, so like my old boss from Snap, uh, Jerry Hunter, if he wanted to do Yeah, stuff, call him out. Yeah, call, him, call him, out. him out. He's a great Where guy. Where did he touch you? If he, no, Jerry's a great guy. He's a great <laughs> leader. Um, and he's great for Snap. 
And so, but if he wanted to do that, if he wanted to change industries, he's like at the top of tech, like he worked for Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. and he's like the CTO of Snap now or something, COO, something, C-level. C mm -hmm. And, C -level. But, but it doesn't even matter because he would be coming in as a beginner. And so, yes, like y y you right. would naturally have your perception it's of you interesting to down. hear you say that because i feel like when you're at the top of like snap or something you you know how to like not finagle through the system but you know like what you need to do to like get to your goal yeah and so that the i guess the networking skill like translates to that new industry like i I'll think see, actually that's true yeah that would. Like you'll see somebody who's like maybe 35 40 starting out comedy a little bit yeah. later yeah and then they just know how to like not finagle, but like they—they're like I gotta work and rise up the hierarchy. And then this is and, how I, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's crazy. That's a—that's a big part of it, and yeah. it's a necessary part of it because there's this is something I talk about a lot. But like, there's just no organization around stand-up. Mm -hmm. There, you have to be hired by other comics. Yeah, which means that you got to be like, who do you hire for jobs? You hire people who you like hanging out with. That's yeah. who you hire. Mm -hmm. And so, not only do you have to be funny, you have to be affable. You have to have like all these extra kind of like networking things. Same as the job, right. not not any different. No, it's really not any different. Um, yeah, that's where I definitely. I don't know how you feel about this, but like the networking part is like I struggle with it. I can shoot the shit, but like I, I just like want to be a whore and like go up and like it's hard to do that and shoot the shit with people four hours a night. And yeah, dude, I struggle with the networking part. I think it's a necessary thing. I've never been great at it. I just always like hanging out, like having conversations and just talking about, you know, what we're doing right here. This is like uh, my zone. This is the zone I like to be in. Yeah. But I've never been like, oh, that guy is like a level five comic and I want to be like a level six comic. So I'm going to be his friend. And then that way I'll do this. You know, like maybe I'll learn a new spell and write a great dick joke at level seven. Yeah. Right. And so it just seems like a lot of extra work on top of writing and performing it is a lot of extra work you're very right um and if you're trying to do like something like get a podcast going or like nobody's gonna listen to anyone's podcast unless you make it candy you have to make it cake you know like what do you mean by that uh, well, it has to be high quality and the audio oh, has yeah. to be great and it has to be packaged well. And, mm -hmm. you know, you need it's a good all, thumbnail yeah. and a good summary. And what I've learned, like, since going into comedy, like, especially the entertainment world, if you make something just look good. Yeah, that that that's 85 percent of the work packaging quality. Obviously, you need that, too. But like, it's just because comics want to be like around the winners. Right. Right. Like the top top dogs, whatever. They're like, oh, shit, he's trending right now. Let me right. talk to him. It's, right. it's bullshit. It's but it's yeah. it's bullshit, but it, it's kind of not because you need those people. You, everyone needs to ride waves, and so like the waves are created by like the Dave Chappelle's and Joe Rogan's of the world, and those guys lift like the the tier below them, and then that tier lifts the tier below them, and we're all just like getting riding those those different waves in every industry. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So. Yeah, what are your, I think we were talking about some comedy goals. Um, yeah. Yeah, like late night show, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I, I mainly care about that for like two reasons. One is just like, if you get like that little blue check mark, like that just means like, okay, he's he's good. Yeah. Or like, it just like establishes a Credibility. Baseline. Exactly, yeah. 
and then you have something to slap in the face to, like all your family like all your haters yeah that's yeah. that's mainly it's yeah. out of spite <laughs> not out of vanity and yeah. then the other one is just like if it feels better problem, when it's out of spite <laughs> yeah it is, it is yeah it makes you work harder too yeah you're like yeah it'll, it'll break my mother's heart she sees me on comedy central that'll make it fair yeah my but no but i just want that so that i can have the credit and then like go anywhere in the country or the world and be like i've done this and this and then they're like can, can i perform? can i just do 10 minutes like that's all i want how epic would that be to be able to like go to any club and just know they're going to give you 10 minutes? Oh, then they won't give you 10 minutes just because you have Comedy Central, but like, you know, I just so? mean like shitty bar shows. I, I don't, yeah, I'm right. fine with I'll fucking, yeah, I'll do a bar show, man. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, well, but even like more cooler clubs or whatever. Anyway, the yeah, thing yeah, I've that'd be thinking, cool. Yeah, I think, um, like, yeah. what if, what if you had a bunch of comics? get like a tour bus this mm -hmm. would not this would be very possible and you just did like a traveling road show a lot of people do that yeah okay is that something people do yeah they definitely do um what is it bert kreischer's doing that basically right now well he's like, like a big I, I mean just like newer oh, mean like, yeah like people that are like you know a couple of years in mm -hmm. um I know a couple of people have done that before. Just like honestly, they Lucas they rally. started. Uh, where did he start? Uh like Tennessee, like Memphis or Nashville. And but he I was know a lot of comics. Austin, yeah. They um they kind of use like their ethnicity as like a pool to where they'll have like a a Middle Eastern comedy troupe or a duo or something like that, and then they'll tour based on that. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Mo Ammer? He opens up for Dave Chappelle. He he went on the road with like a <clears throat> other like Muslim comics or Arab comics, and shit. I, it was like a funny name. It was kind of like I saw somebody at the creek. You probably know who he is. Uh, a couple nights ago, I hate him. Really? I thought he was so freaking <laughs> I, I good. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, okay, <laughs> I thought you were who? maybe at the show. Ah, you know, I'll never be able to remember his name. Um, like. He was like kind of, I think he had a shaved head and a beard. He looked like a terrorist, basically. <laughs> oh, Marcus Olin. <laughs> Maybe. I think it's, there was an M in yeah, there. Yeah, he sure. works at uh, Vulcan. He's very funny. He I've had him on my funny. show like four times. He's, He's killed funny. the hardest at my shows. Yeah. Yeah, really funny guy. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you get like the bombers, you could call it. Get like the. What do you mean the bombers? You, I don't, you know, just playing on a theme of a bunch of uh, Middle Eastern comics. Oh, you could call yeah. them like the bombers. Yeah. I don't know. Something. And then you like go and take that theme on the road. Yeah, basically. I don't know how they market it specifically, but they just like go to a bunch of places where there's like people around like the same demographic as them. Yeah. And then they just fucking run town and just do a bunch of shows. So my new plan with comedy, because I haven't done anything in months, is uh, to take some of my new ideas and try to build five minutes, which has always been something that I've never even accomplished to mm -hmm. begin with. Uh, but to resurrect some old material, mix it in with some new stuff, get five minutes going where I feel comfortable, and then uh, I'll try to start shopping that around. Um, but yeah, like you can't, you can't do everything in life. And so like you can't wait four hours for your three minutes mm -hmm. and do a podcast and do right. a YouTube show and all these other things. You have to be very deliberate about it. Yes. I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so what I've thought of, another thing we talked about last time was doing your own show and the importance of that. Mm -hmm. 
And so if I had like five minutes of my own stuff and then I went to a bar and I was like every Tuesday I want to do a show for an hour and a half or whatever. Yeah. And then just start building that up from there. Honestly, an open mic might be better for what you're looking for. Or that's what I mean. If it's just five minutes. Yeah. And then it's like no risk. Yeah. No, no concern for like packing it out. And it's like the best practice you can get. Yeah, I mean, I really want to perform in front of a person. I have not performed of a, in front of a person once in Austin. I've had like three chances, and they mm-hmm. all got rug pulled from me. Oh, okay. And it's just crazy to me. Like, it's been so long since I performed in front of a human being. It happened. It, it's happened twice. It happened once at Roma Room, hey, and it we're happened once at Creek. Too. Yeah, no, the <laughs> comics aren't people. They're not people. <laughs> and so the open mic is like, I want to be able to. But that's actually what I feel like you could get. Some open mics are incredible. You got yeah, Kill Tony, are. incredible open mic. Wise guys. <laughs> Good luck. You talk about four hours waiting. I've been waiting yeah. nine months. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. But it's still a great format and a great show. Um, and Wise Guys in Salt Lake City can't recommend it high enough. Okay. Uh, yeah. Caleb, I, I got to say, it's so interesting to hear you say that. Really? Because like in New York, people would always be saying the same thing. Like, I'm only performing in front of comics. And then I moved to Austin and I was like, wow, there's a lot more people at the open mics. Yeah. So you got to hit up the right spots because I feel like there's real people like 70% of the time. That's true. I, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. There are like even at, you know, Buzz Mill or whatever, you're going to get some mm-hmm. real people. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So what would be cool is to start an open mic that is highly attended by people because you get a reputation for being a great open mic. Mm-hmm. And right. that is what I think Wise Guys did and Kill Tony has done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Hans is doing it with his uh, dating show. I don't see you there a ton. Have you done that? I don't. My girlfriend says I can't go. <laughs> and it's being you can't live date other people so well in a relationship. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and it's live stream, yeah. man. I can't. For I all can't. of her friends and family to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's a great format. One minute say whatever, do whatever, mm-hmm. then an interview or whatever, just talking, right. hanging out. It's, um, that's why I've been hesitant to start my own podcast. Everything that you do is very cool. I, I, uh, I want like kind of a different spin. I like what Kill Tony does. It's very unique. It's kind of like the Tonight Show plus America's Got Talent. Yeah. Well, he's been doing it 10 years. <laughs> and yeah. so he's like, you know, it's not an overnight success. No, no, no. Um, and he's got so much real momentum kill skill set you know to roast people yeah. and like on the fly it's like very specific and he's like very good at it he is very good at it um, all right let's stop jerking him off he, he, he gets that enough yeah yeah let's cancel him actually let's get him canceled <laughs> no he's it, it's a great show and it's a great format but we should uh get four more of them Four more. So maybe that's something I can make a goal for 2023 is to get a show going where it's one minute and then an interview, basically rip off Kill Tony format mm-hmm. and just rebrand it as my own thing and copy that. Oh, you'll be eviscerated in Austin. Really? Why? I, I feel like that's so. what Hans did. No, it's a dating show though. Well, I, yeah, that's all I mean. It's not mm-hmm. like uh, I just some other. I just like the the meta format of. It's such low pressure for the comics. Oh, got it. Got All it, you got to do is a minute. I think that's part of why he gets so many signups. Is because yeah. it's like anybody can go on for a minute. You just stand there and look like an idiot. It'll be funny. Yeah, you know? a lot of people's first time in the struggle. 
Yeah, yeah. It seems like you either get up your first time or you got to be selected. Yeah, and then kind of be lucky after a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just crazy to like get outside of Austin and then hear what people say about the Austin comedy scene. Really? What do they say? Yeah, they're like, oh, it's popping. It's fun out there. But they never mention Kill Tony. Huh. Even though it's like the epicenter of Austin comedy right, right now where we are. Yeah, like there's two places, yeah, Freak and Kill Tony. Because when I was in New York, I, I didn't know what Kill Tony was. And then I came here and then obviously they moved here and all that stuff. I knew it from L.A. Okay. And so I saw my first Kill Tony at Comedy Store. And, uh, or wait, maybe that was a roast battle. Whatever it was, this was before <laughs> I'd ever been on stage. And mm-hmm. I went and I would pretend to be a comic and I'd hang out with and stand up where the comics sit. Mm-hmm. And then somebody challenged me and they were like, you're not really a comic. Ooh. And I was like, yeah, 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 I am. And they were like, what's your best joke? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and so they basically gay. challenged me to get on stage and that will remain in my head is one of the biggest fuck ups is like, I should have just got on with nothing mm-hmm. and just said anything. Yeah. And then I would have had that under my belt. Mm-hmm. But I wussed out. <laughs> and maybe a year later, I tried for the okay. first time in Salt Lake City. It's so anxiety inducing the first time. And then you, you the next 10 times you go, you're like, they're not going to pick me. And so your heartbeat is just steady the entire time. Yeah. That's the worst part. I, I remember I was like just talking to some people and I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't gotten up yet. And then they're like, dude, just switch places with lines. <laughs> like wear some glasses, make it a gimmick. And then I just mentioned it to Hans. I was like, yeah, somebody was like, let's switch. That would be really like, funny. Ha ha ha. And then he walked away. <laughs> and <it's> like, <laughs> oh, he didn't switch? Yeah. This is during his uh, make out with girls phase. So he was oh, like, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I got in trouble for signing up with two names at his bucket once. <laughs> I used to do that pretty often. How do you? How did you get caught? Well, because I already went up and then I went up again. <laughs> oh, like, oh, dude! <laughs> like I, I didn't, I didn't like just let the name not get called. I went up, <laughs> and so. <laughs> but yeah, I would always put in my name and then two or three aliases. <laughs> like, let's increase the chances. <laughs> yeah. It's like you get a girl's number and then you go up on stage right after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed. You're supposed to make your escape. I remember. Um, <laughs> it was like a couple of years ago. I was like talking to a girl and then like we switched phones to like get numbers and all that. And I did it like really fast. And she's like, "Wow, that, that was really fast." And I was like, "Yeah, you gotta make sure you do that shit before the girls change their mind." That's true. <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> What is happening in the world that matters? We got still Russia and Ukraine happening. Who gives a shit about that? Putin's like jacking off all day. Mm-hmm. Threatening Does that people truly with trouble you? Like what's going on? I think about it like maybe for like half a day. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. like, I think. It's all going to be like, fine. Shit, I got to go grocery shopping. Like you, you live in your own little world. Like yeah. I couldn't care less about Twitter. Or, like. I, 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 I care about Twitter because I think it's interesting. I guess you're a tech guy. Yeah. 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 The thing I think is like what if i was working at twitter and some rogue billionaire came in and was just like i'm gonna buy it mm-hmm. it's like that's my life you're gonna just fuck with my whole life and he's like yeah yeah mm-hmm. like that's what i want to do so so twitter is now one of the most profitable tech companies in history yeah 
because he fired 60% of the staff. Whoa. And most of the expense of a tech company is the employees. Whoa. And so, yeah, he fired 60% of the staff. How many people work there? Like 8,000? A lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe somewhere around there. Sounds right. Mm. And, <laughs> and so it's just some epic, epic gangster shit. I mean, it is truly like survival of the fittest. Only the strongest will survive. Mm-hmm. That kind of, you know, red in tooth and claw. Like, it's some vicious nature that is happening. He fired the CEO. The first thing he did was fire Parag, the CEO. But that guy kind of stole the job from Jack Dorsey. Anyway, yeah, I am in tech. I kind of have a history here. Okay. Um, So I think. How would you feel if you were like um, on track to be like a CTO and then you got that swept under your rug? Well, if you're really on track, then you'll get scooped up by a big company in two seconds. Okay. And so it won't That's be a problem. Fair. But um, I think it's more like, you know, oh, I just bought a $1.5 million house in San Francisco and I have a $6,000 a month mortgage and mm-hmm. now no tech companies are hiring. Mm. Those are the people that I think are like screwed. Got it. Okay. But shit, I'd be like, that. that's a time to start another startup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comedy is a startup. Yeah, you have to be your own business. It I'm is. I'm not the best at marketing myself, but like you have to be your own business. Yeah, you have to market yourself for sure. I'm hype man. You need a hype man. Yeah. You got to be able to promote yourself. And nobody's going to promote you for you or whatever, you know, like nobody's going to do that work for you. And it's uncomfortable to promote yourself. Yeah, because like you have that deep insecurity. You're like, oh, I'm not good enough. So like, why should they come see me at this show? Like, uh, when in reality, everyone just wants live entertainment and to hear something funny <laughs> or just like I saw Jimmy Dore the other night and it wasn't like it's a different kind of comedy. It's like highly political mm-hmm. and he gets everyone riled up and yeah, like he brought like a it's really a fun energy. Right, He's right. Definitely. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Interesting in Austin. Well, I think he has to be right. I mean, he has a YouTube show, mm-hmm. but he was visiting. I don't know where he's from, actually. Where is he from? I don't know. Alabama. Yeah. But yeah, like I did, I just did a video that is not doing well at all mm-hmm. on gay marriage because <laughs> well, you're in Texas. Why? Well, like, it's just so crazy to me how like even today we're still talking about abortion and gay marriage and like immigration. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they were, I was six years old and you guys were talking about that. Yeah. If we're still talking about it, then it's an unsolvable problem and we should just talk about anything else. Yeah. Literally anything. And now I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it it's fine. I've been thinking about this lately. People talk about trans rights and all that. In um, Thailand, which is an Asian country, so a little bit less progressive. Um, they have a lot of transsexuals over there. It's very common. Like it, it was, it's been a big thing for a while. Maybe like, got like sixty years, and it's not really a big in, deal in there. Yeah, in Thailand, wow. a lot of people go there to like uh, get the the thing switched. Oh. You know, <laughs> invert it. <laughs> oh no, 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 that was funny. Turn a shaft gross. into a hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like over there, there's not really any problems. Obviously, I, I came, I visited there like fifteen years ago. They're probably like into the the trend for like years, but like people don't make it a big deal. Like you'll get a massage from like a man who became a woman, and it's like whatever about it. And they don't even have like the the special restrooms, like the unisex restrooms, and so it's just like blended into society. Well, what do you think about this trans movement? 
what do I fucking think? Yeah. 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 <laughs> tell us, tell us the truth. Like, what is it? And how's it going? I used to be a little frustrated, uh, by how hot some of these trans people were, but, um, thought about it. Yeah. I thought about it. Yeah. I always thought in my mind, I was like, never, never. And then I Not, mashed with somebody like, oh, on him. Kind of freaking up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they know what they're doing. Like it turns out being a woman is a skill or whatever. A horny woman on the before. Yeah. Just date. like yeah. a drip magnet or what, what do they call that? Not a drip magnet. Uh, anyway, whatever. No, I was just like on hinge and then like you can, you know, when like when somebody's horny, they like keep texting back like really fast. Yeah. I was like, it was a very pretty girl. And then they kept texting really fast. And I was like, okay, okay. She's too cool. She's too accommodating. Yeah. You know, you know like, guys guy. will say whatever. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, I'm male to female. And I was like, man, I went to the pictures and I was like, God damn, that's a good filter. <laughs> um, And I thought about it. I, I should have gone on the date, but like, yeah, it was... It was a mistake on my part, but yeah, it threw me off. It does throw me off a little bit. Like I'm not, I don't, anyone can be anything. You can go be an alien if you want to. I don't give a shit. Um, I don't particularly would want to date a trans person. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say that that's bad, but yeah. I just think it's weird. I don't know. I think right. it's weird. And also like it is the thing that is so crazy about it is like, it's so dramatic mm-hmm. like even though they're like 0.01 percent of the population it's not that many of them yeah it feels there like there's isn't. more but it's like shoot one in every hundred thousand it's not that many and it's a big part of history it's always existed so is homosexuality and mm-hmm. queerness or whatever all that stuff is it's always yeah. been part of history so it's very natural mm-hmm. but um there's still something about it that i wouldn't necessarily be into and I, i'm just wondering maybe that's my own bias or maybe well, I don't know what it is. Actually. Right, it's um, I'm curious to see how much of it is like a genuine desire to like switch genders, and how much of it is like a fad. Because you hear about a lot of these Hollywood kids, like children of celebs, like yes. getting testosterone at age like seven. Like shit, I'll do anything to be cool. Well, it's just to get pussy. Like fuck, if I gotta make my own pussy to get pussy, like yeah, I would do that. Dude, totally. Uh, have you heard of this idea of like social contagion? I mean, it's basically Fads. just a meme. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a meme is a social contagion. I guess I don't even know if that's a real word, but um, sounds smart. Well, it does sound smart, but like one of the things that could be happening with this trans movement is you get somebody like Elliot Page mm-hmm. or whatever, whoever that used to be. <laughs> what, what was her name the girl from juno no idea <laughs> i saw juno she was juno? cute yeah you thought she was cute i don't even barely remember i don't know she looked 40 at age 20 <laughs> yeah some people are like that something like that yeah it's kind of hot for some people i guess but yeah like <clears throat> how many people does that influence to do the same thing mm. i don't know mm. like is it on the rise because it's actually just naturally being expressed and it was always part of the species or is it kind of in vogue, you know, like it's uh in the zeitgeist? Right. I guess so like a more tangible like uh, case to look at in, in relation like the whole trans thing is like the fingernails thing. That kind of falls in line in the same category. You see like a lot of people, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but um, yeah, it's become a fad as well. Like you see a lot of celebs. Oh, doing... painting their fingernails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess everyone's just getting weird with it, which yeah, is I good. I guess, yeah. 
Yeah, let's just get funky. Funky just hurts, fresh. It hurts a lot of comedy too, because people are like men and women so different. And now you gotta yeah, I gotta Not add anymore. In this yeah. factor. Like, oh, that's a good opportunity, actually. Yeah, like we used to be different, but these days we're all morphing into the same what? Yeah. Mutants? I'm, Are we becoming mutants? mutants? I didn't think you'd have such a hot take on trans people. I thought you I don't know. Like, I don't know it, it, what my take is. I'm still trying to figure out what mutants, my take is. Let's call it, yeah. Yeah. There um, are some mutants in the world. That's for fucking sure. People with gauge earrings? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah self made mutants. Have you seen any of those transhumanists? They like, what do you put mean, magnets in their skin. They think that they're living in the next world. Basically, they like embed magnets and stuff in their skin and think that they get extra senses from that. Mm -hmm. Like Ray Kurzweil, The Singularity is Near. Have you heard of any of those ideas? Mm -mm. Basically, artificial gen general intelligence is going to take over the world and people are going to transcend it be like morphed into machines or something. And mm. some people are trying to make that happen faster by like you know embedding chips shit and stuff i'm in glad skin. i'll be dead before all that it's happens. all just bullshit i oh, feel like it's all God, bullshit dude yeah um <laughs> i think artificial general intelligence is either a fantasy or it's going to be here in like five years like either it never happens or it happens like immediately. a lot of people are saying it's a little bit too late to where like it's already too sophisticated and i i try to watch some videos about this and i'm still trying to wrap my mind around it like the idea that it, it, AI can learn on its own. Like, yeah. Isn't it like a computer at the end of the day? Can you just unplug it? Like, mm -hmm. uh, you don't have any robots like from iRobot. Like, we're not, we don't have to Will Smith and like fight anything. Like, not yet. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, what how about can the your Tesla bots? Try to kill you. Those Tesla look, bots? Yeah, those look. Hey, have you not seen those? No, I haven't. Dude, I got to Jamie, this. pull it up. Jamie, where's Jamie? Um, Miko. Yeah, Miko, if you remember Jamie. Um, these Tesla bots look exactly like the iRobot and oh, yeah? Elon Musk is trying to build uh -huh. them. Perfect. A mechanized slave. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, Jesus. Why is it black on top and then like white on the bottom? It's a little bit racist. Um, how are we on time? Uh, we got, like we're about 45 minutes in. Oh, okay. And so, um, yeah, like that thing looks like it could take over the world, mm. you know? And he's making them so they can only walk like four miles an hour and only lift like 20 pounds. <laughs> like <laughs> until they figure Good. out There's how to a run a million feature. miles an hour and lift a billion There's pounds. A safety feature. Yeah, like <laughs> until they figure out how to like bypass it and they're like, oh, if I just like put this plasma here, I can increase the strength by 400%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's hard to tell how much of it is like total bullshit. Oh, God. All right, more I, bullshit topics. I, uh, are there aliens? Are aliens real? I hope so. That would spice things up. That would spice things up. Yeah. It'd be a spicy world. Mm. What do you think of all these sightings? Full disclosure. Oh, there's been more sightings? Dude, there's always sightings. There's been <laughs> sightings forever. You know, and they're always from like the same guy. It's like some 50-year-old dude who just farms corn. <laughs> he has nothing happening in his life except for the fact that aliens want to probe him. Aren't those, I feel like those guys are the ones most likely to catch them. Because if you're here out in the middle of nowhere, like in Kansas, like on a corn farm. Yeah, uh, you'd think you'd catch them. I mean, there's not that much to look at. Like if you're in Manhattan, 
in Times Square. There's a lot of shit to look at. How do you catch oh, a ghost? Oh, I see what you're saying. Alien, They're seeing you know? them because they've got nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. You'd also think that they'd be the ones to actually catch an alien. Like, they'd get, like, a shotgun, like, going out there hunting the UFOs. <laughs> anyway, I don't they know. They call them I, Mexicans. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just Mexicans dressing up as aliens. Yeah, I don't know. My, uh, I, um, in Austin, my family goes to a temple. And I, I've always been, like, eh. Buddhist like, I think it's got to be real. Yeah, Buddhist shoot. temple. And then there was, like, almost like a cloudy figure of, like, a... Like a prophet, like I, I've seen statues of him everywhere, and that had like the same headdress, and it was like they they caught it right on. I wish I could like show like everybody I meet this picture, and it's like uh, this is like during a time like before Photoshop was like a thing, so like it just felt so real, you know. And that picture has like made the temple kind of famous amongst everybody in Austin. Uh, yeah. What's it called? I have no idea. Huh. That's how. That's how legit it is. I have no idea what the name is. It's like something in Vietnamese. Can I tell you my biggest problem with reincarnation that I didn't even realize until I talked to Bernard? <laughs> we uh -huh. were talking about it. What do you say? What is the point of reincarnation if you can't remember anything? <laughs> like the only reason to be reincarnated is if you have some memory of your past life. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, it's just the same as Isn't us. Isn't that why you take shrooms? So that you can open the third eye? Yeah, but how much do you even get? <laughs> you know Bernard. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you can open up a fourth eye. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the only reason I would ever want to be reincarnated is if I can actually remember my past life. Mm. But maybe once you get to Nirvana, what you remember it, all your past lives at once. Maybe they that's they how do it works. say that, yes. But Wait, what really? if your okay, previous life was so good and then you you live this life? And it, you just know it's worse. Wouldn't that mess you up? Maybe. Yeah. But I feel like everything is pretty happy just to be alive. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know. I guess, you know, so suicide is on the rise. And it's been on the rise for like 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a crazy idea to me. I kind of understand feeling stuck in life and I kind of understand feeling embarrassed and like, oh, I'll never get, I'll never live this down or I'll never get out of this situation or I'll never be able to fix this or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, you're going to die mm -hmm. like pretty soon. Yeah. You know, the earth is 4.5 billion years old. And uh, this was a great metaphor I heard. Uh, I think it was from Bill Bryson, Bryson, a short history of nearly everything. That if you wanted to create a timeline of the entire human history and you spread your arms across um, to represent the whole human history, modern humans would be the entire timeline from like Jesus Christ to now would be shaved off in a single stroke of a nail file uh -huh. of your fingertip. And that's like the last 2000 years are like a single stroke mm -hmm. of just that dust. And so like humans have existed for nothing and society just barely started yesterday and you're going to die tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So just enjoy it. Like instead of suiciding yourself, just go live in, you know, Peru, go to Peru. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. some ayahuasca out there. Yeah. 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 Speaking of like dust, like what is it? Like 98% of the like chemicals and compounds in our body. It's the same as the stars. Like we're exactly. nitrogen. We are the universe. The universe is us. Yeah. It's yeah. like very metaphorically um, beautiful. It is actually that stars die and get recycled, and that yeah. we're like yeah, everything we has a lifespan. Even though we might yeah. have been a star, it's funny that you mentioned like uh, 
offing yourself. I um I've had thoughts like that here and there, but like I went on a camping trip out to like Utah and like stuff like that around your neighborhood, your ballpark. And like those yeah, thoughts for a couple weeks, right? Or months? You went backpacking uh, for like there? four months. Awesome. Yeah. And like all those thoughts go away. Like when you're removed from everything, like I guess like um just like society in general, you kind of create like your own little world yeah in itself and then you're like i'm the center of the world i can do this and this and all that and it's, it's well good. Th- think of just like how a uh, uh like a badger or a beaver or a raccoon i don't know why i'm talking about like rodents or whatever that mm-hmm. class of animal but like um they are the center of their world they are the center of their world and like all they do like my i love watching my dog just go through his day because he only wants good things 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. So do you listen to Huberman Lab podcast? I just, uh, yeah. So he was on Schultz's podcast. So oh, I, I listened nice. to it, yeah. Yeah. So he talks about like one of the best things you can do for yourself in the world is to wake up and get sunlight in your eyes first thing in the morning. I did that while I was waiting for you, yeah. I, I've been doing that the last four days, yeah. My dog does that every single morning. I'm in bed sleeping in like an idiot yeah. until 10 a.m., scrolling on my phone, jacking off to Pornhub, whatever. My dog is staring at the sunlight, just waiting to go outside. Mm-hmm. And he's just so healthy. It's crazy. If and you think so about it, there's something natural. Dogs have like a, a lifestyle that humans used to have, you know? You just mm-hmm. wake up like food, water, shelter. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all about just, I guess, I feel like to be happy, you have to be like sad or like bored. And so I feel like that's Mm -hmm. honestly like 65% of a dog's life. They just want to go on a walk and then Mm -hmm. eat and then hang out with people. But Mm -hmm. they can't do that all the time because owners have shit to do. Mm -hmm. And so when they, I think dogs can like truly be happy because like when they hang out with you, they're having the time of their life. I saw your dog like running around, looks so happy. Yeah. You know, and I think like the constraint like provides the happiness for them. I think dog being upstairs like, fuck, this sucks. But then dogs like don't have like the best memory so it's like very short-term memory and it's like they forget that they've been sitting in a room for like eight hours so that's how you're supposed to think of open mics and any of the hard parts of comedy is this is the the thing that it's not even hard first of all anytime you're the holding a mic on stage how hard is your life really (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) that's a pretty good life whatever you're doing is not that crazy right but once you get dragged into that world your perspective and your ability to zoom out it just like diminishes because that becomes your world right and then you you kind of like get trapped in that like social ladder situation and yeah yeah right and you're climbing the ladder and like trying to be like oh i want i mean yeah it's hard to get out of the rat race and the comparison game right Keeping up with the Johnsons. That's why it's good to like go out into the woods because yeah. all that dissipates and you're like, what What the fuck is this social Four hierarchy? months is so long yeah. to like be backpacking. It's good. It's good. It's pretty impressive. So yeah. how did you even get food and water during that time? You just go to the oh, store? I, I would have a car. Yeah I, yeah. I lived out of a truck for a while. But yeah, you just yeah. go to a grocery store. Yeah. You can get by on like maybe three, four hundred bucks a month, including gas and all that. Yeah. You just go camping. Yeah, that would be something. That's that's pretty cool. So you went to Utah, anywhere California, else? Colorado, best state by far, man. Colorado, think, yeah, yeah, for sure. What parts? Um, like where was I? Or... Great Sands. That was I forget exactly where it was, but it was like maybe an hour south of Colorado Springs. Okay. And then 
Is that near Pueblo? Huh? Pueblo? Maybe. I know it was like, it might have been like San Juan. It was like a Mexican sounding name. Okay. Like Alamada or something. I I lived for two years in Colorado Springs. So yeah it's so cool the nature is incredible yeah springs isn't i would have rather lived in denver but uh-huh. yeah this is how people Im- imagine america yeah just like right so nice well it is like what is that song that was written about colorado it's like a patriotic uh purple mountain majesty wait is that the national anthem anyway there's a patriotic song about the colorado mountains mm-hmm and I think there's a line, Purple Mountain Majesty, um, that is related to Pikes Peak in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. So what inspired you to go for four months and just be outside? Uh, pandemic. We were like, what, four months in? This happened like, God, over two years ago now. That's not that long ago. Like, yeah. were you doing comedy or like? Uh, I was like, a, I mean, like nine months into comedy and then COVID hit. And then I was just like, let's go to the woods. I just had to get out because the thoughts were snoodling in my head. And I was like, fuck it. I'm young. You don't do a ton of drugs or anything, right? Like, I like a couple beers a month. I'll do shrooms or like acid every now and then. Okay. Yeah. And were you doing any of that or was it? No, 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 no. Like, I think like for my version of happy, that's just like what acid feels like, but organically. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get the organic way. Yeah. Happiness is, oh, I mean, like acid is just like happiness on paper. Yeah. I've tried acid once. Somebody gave it to me at Vulcan. What was his name? Oh, yeah. You told me about this last time. Did I? Really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. What is it? There's like this story about like, I think like this Buddhist monk out in uh, India. And there are these like researchers from California who are like experimenting with LSD. They're trying to learn about Buddhism. And then they gave this this enlightened monk lsd and he took a tab he didn't feel it so he took like five tabs he didn't feel it so he took like 10 tabs he didn't feel shit (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure it's like more metaphorical than like um literal but like he was just so enlightened that he took the happy paper and he like didn't feel any different That'd be epic if it's true, but I feel like yeah. you'd get wrecked after 10 tabs. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably you'd just be on the floor like days. sobbing in a fetal position, or you'd be like stretched out, like mm-hmm. becoming one with God. <laughs> you'd yeah. be one of those two. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I tripped so hard. I was just like playing with like grass so much. And then I kind of zoomed out and I was like, oh, this is geese shit. This is just grass. Geese shit is just grass. And I was like just screaming it. And I was like, it's just grass. It's just grass. <laughs> Mushrooms are pretty good. Love them. But yeah. I always feel like I have to pay a, a price to get to the good part. Because I usually really? get nauseous. It's not I amazing the whole nauseous. time? No, I always get nauseous every single time. Oh, that's like the euphoria, though. Like, I, I don't know. That just feels like gratitude in your stomach to me. Like, you really? feel nauseous, but it's like, it's good. It does get good. It does get good. So, uh, so what do you think other comics think of Austin? We were kind of talking about that a little bit. Mm, big jump from shrooms to comedy. Yeah. Although not that big of a jump. If you think about it. That's kind of true. Shroom fest. Say that Art again. What do comics think about Austin? Yeah. Like what, a, what is the, uh, comedy outside of Austin? Yeah. Cause I feel like comedy has a few splinter cells. Mm-hmm. Like you have, uh, like let's go comedy pre Rogan what does it even look like mm-hmm. you know like that's like seinfeld and i don't know like who are the big players like 
Seinfeld. He was that's big, like, like the thirty 90s. years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hart, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like who was big before Rogan? Because I feel like he's created his uh-huh. own splinter of comedy. True, that's a good way to put it. I guess Dave Chappelle, yep. uh, Patrice O'Neill, uh, Doug Stanhope, Dave Attell, who kind of created their own little styles. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I wonder what like the different because it seemed like there was a little bit of a rivalry between LA Comics and Austin Comics, and it was like no chance, LA Comics, no chance you're going to be Austin Comics. Mm-hmm. no chance like the you only like thing la has is the comedy store that's the only thing they have uh-huh. like what else do they have the laugh factory that's not a hang the, the ice store i've actually never been there but they have that... the improv they have the, all the tonight shows okay i'm talking it's shit i don't actually know what i'm talking about yeah i didn't get to kill tony in la little bitch yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i used to go to the comedy store no but i feel like austin is the new la yeah as far as rogan people is trying here to get he's kind of like the heartbeat of austin for whatever it is yeah well we got elon musk we got rogan we got a bunch of people but i bet it inspires a little we bit got Caleb of Ogden. hell yeah let's fucking go we got chris tan devoutly mm-hmm. <laughs> plug, plug the instagram uh devoutly christian um but yeah i feel like there's got to be like an attitude like new york comic new york is like where comedy really is or or la or mm-hmm. chicago mm-hmm. but there's if it isn't Austin today, then it will be in five years. It's going to be wherever the best people are and whoever has the loudest True, mic. But basically. the best people would be in New York. I, I think I think I still truly believe that. Whether or not I could believe that. Better, I could believe that. Because New York has such a romantic idea to it. it you know, does. like it's like the world's best city. Is it the world's best city? I think it might be. It depends who you talk to. Yeah. It's, definitely a playground for adults but like it's like very it's it's yeah, so time to much to it. energy like just walking down the street and like being surrounded it was one thing i got from um i don't know it kind of reminds me of tokyo actually mm-hmm. like tokyo is like 4x really the dense. density of new york yeah yeah, so Tokyo might actually be the the best city. And it's also funnier because the people are smaller. <laughs> <laughs> they can fit in more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I would love to spend like six months there. That'd be really oh, fun. Oh, be so cool. And plus they're like more open-minded in terms of like art. They have a stronger appreciation mm-hmm. for art. So like live performance, I think they would really enjoy. I think they'd enjoy stand-up and... <laughs> Yeah, my it's dad, got a very like, American culture. My dad was like a, a refugee, so he he grew up like not being able to say certain things about the government, and so his biggest fear, like every time I go out, he's like, "Don't talk shit about politicians." <laughs> That's funny. I mean, what's your ethnicity then? Is it uh, Japanese or born in Cambodia? Born Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. Okay. Because there was like Japanese, uh, a lot of Japanese racism. Like, obviously, after World War II, I guess. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But he would have been too young for any of that. Oh, no, he was, like, far away from all that. No. But, yeah, I feel like Austin comedy is, if it's not already at the top, it's rising. I could see New York. I could see L.A. Jeez, I have so much dandruff. It's, if this video doesn't get any views, it's because of this shirt. Oh, my gosh. It's only going to help I should engagement. have used head and shoulders more this morning. That's going to be all oh the comments. Goodness. I apologize. Hey, it's driving wow. engagement. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. People, always, people are starting to compare in New York to Austin a little bit. 
on like a very small level but i think when you look at it and like how to get better there's different ways because often you get like better stage time but the comics in new york are funnier even though there's there's people still like exaggerate the quality of new york comics like there's a lot of funny people and then there's a lot of more so like non-funny people and so in austin no no i'm talking about new york okay many non-funny but also many funny people in new york whereas austin has a ton of people just starting out yeah you're very right yeah that's something that a lot of people don't talk about a lot of people like within two to three years myself included yeah so the talent pool is like really diluted with beginners yeah i'd say so like maybe like 65 percent yeah i'd say in the first three years well, it's one of the last places where you can just speak your mind and say shit, mm-hmm. and that's I think has a lot of appeal to people. No, don't, 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 don't count everything else out. I think where since COVID, though, like since everybody's been locked up, and then like all this shit about like not shit, but like all this being like politically correct, BLM, like Asian hate, and all that stuff. People have become too PC, and then they yeah, realize it. Too PC. Yeah, yeah, and so that's why I think comedy is booming right now, where you can just talk shit about everything and make a joke. That's why it's booming because people are tired of being PC. Like you have to like become a robot and like use these codes. You know, it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily we don't have to do that. We can sling dank memes, memes and filthy jokes all day long. <laughs> um, what else? What else do we have for for Chris Tan on this episode? You got any cool shows coming up? Are you still doing your Mueller mic? Yeah, my Mueller show? Yeah, it's this Friday, but I think this episode comes out Monday. I'll be doing two shows December Oh, you're going to Paris. We should talk about that 30th. real quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, what is it, like a vacation or uh, just, you can try doing any comedy out there? Forced. I'll, I'll do some shows. Yeah? I have a couple lined up. Um, How did you line up shows in Paris? Oh, you just DM a bunch of people. It's not any different from like America. You just send them a I don't know tape. Know how to do it in America? <laughs> yeah. No, you just send them a tape, and then you just uh, be like, "Hey, I've heard good things about the show. I really haven't." <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, the response rate's higher because there's like not as many comics. So it's like sixty percent respond to you. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So you just like literally Googled where you're going to be staying, look for go go yeah. look up some shows on Eventbrite. That's cool, and that helps a lot. And then yeah, but you don't speak French. No, there's a lot of American yeah. uh, comedy shows. Yeah, I'd say like. Oh, I bet they'll. Split. I bet they'll love it. I bet they'll love it. Uh, and then, so you're going to Paris next year, or at the no, end of this year? Tuesday. On Tuesday. Oh, yeah, cool. So the day after this comes out. And that's gonna be pretty cool. What else is coming up that's fun or exciting in your world? Ah. Uh, Where do you want to be in comedy in two years? Oh, in two years? Probably go to New York and smash it yeah. as much as I can. Uh, right now, the immediate goal is just to get as funny as possible, build like a strong 15, and then make it look like you're a winner on social media. So like just some funny clips, and then just making it seem like you're a legit comic, and then moving to New York. I don't think it makes you rise to the top fast, but like when you have a strong foundation, people are more likely to invest time in you because yes. they see like this guy has like substance. Right. 
you have to have that and you also have to have your own distribution these days like people aren't going to have patience for people who don't who can't promote their own stuff yeah yeah that's just how it is you have to be a machine yeah uh yeah because nothing's really given to you nothing's given to you it shouldn't be given to you because it's such a prize like who doesn't want to do this kind of shit who doesn't want to just sit down in the middle of an afternoon like it's 1 p.m everyone is working Mm -hmm. you know it's a tuesday at 1 p.m everyone has jobs that they hate they're doing i I would rather live for real in the woods and do this than i thought about trying to do well it's fucking hard tech job tech jobs are pretty fun tech jobs are pretty fun it's hard to do a podcast on a mountain. <laughs> Dude, you got to lug all this That's gear. True. That's true. That's true. But yeah, like the point is we get to try to be creative and express ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in theory, if we stick with it over the course of years, there's an opportunity that we could be totally sustainable life where the only pressures and concerns are, am I actually funny? Are these really good ideas? Like, is this related or like, are people vibing with this or whatever? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's like, pretty cool. What you just cool. mentioned is like very like future focused, like very growth focused. Yeah. Like I feel like coming from like a family of immigrants, they're very growth focused too. Just the idea of coming here and then making it. and then But then they come to America. And I think this is where like the mindset is like very diluted. The American dream, like go big or go home. Right. Yeah. But then, like, once a lot of people come to America and they stay for a while, it's, like, very stagnated to where, like, they're, like, very risk-averse. They're scared to, like, make a big leap. And so I think that it's not just, like, towards immigrants, just people who've been here for a while. That's why there's so many people who work at, like, American Express and, like, insurance companies just because they're, like, scared to take a leap. And myself included, there's obviously something more that you can do and, like, really, like, relinquish yourself from the system, you know? Well, you can't be that scared if you're getting the most terrifying thing is getting on stage in front of other people. They say that it's like yeah. the biggest fear, but fuck, until dude, you I don't do want to like dance with times. a tarantula cave. Like, uh, <laughs> that's that's way scary. Yeah, go eat dude. a tarantula. Like, what would you rather? No, do? No, I don't want to eat a tarantula. Yeah. I, I'd rather eat a tarantula, but like, <sighs> then go on stage. Oh, I would rather go on stage. Try it. Try it. That sounds like, oh, yeah, spiders. All spiders have to die. That's my policy, but yeah, man, this is uh, this has been a great talk. Oh yeah, uh, great way to end the podcast: eating a tarantula. Eating a tarantula. I I just always like ending our podcast on awkward moments, but we we'll keep talking. Um, <laughs> like uh, so you got your Mueller mic, you got your showcase. Devoutly Christian is where mm. people can find you on Instagram. Chris Tan. Chris Tan. Chris Tan. Um, and then anything else out there? Um, just do some acid. Just do some acid. And then, yeah, go on a mountain. Yes. Yeah. All right, do acid and go Change on a mountain. the world. You heard it here from, yeah. from Chris Buy Tan. Buy a Snuggie. Buy a Snuggie. <laughs> Wise words. All right, yeah. man, thanks Thank for coming on. Me. Okay.